0: October 7th was a day of enormous tragedy on the one hand. And within this tragedy, it was a day of miracles for many people.
1: Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham. And if you're like me, you're closely following what's happening in Israel and Gaza. Samaritan's Purse is supporting more than 80 church partners in both locations. We can't talk about all of our work in this region for security purposes, but one area we can talk about is our support to a local emergency service agency in Israel, which is called Megin David Adom. Samaritan's Purse has committed to replacing 21 of their ambulances that were destroyed by Hamas. Seven of these ambulances are armored. This week, I was able to talk to two Israeli first responders, Ori and Hadass. They both work for Megin David Adom. They were both actively involved in the response on October 7th when Hamas terrorists attacked Israel. I was overwhelmed and humbled to have the chance to hear their stories firsthand, and I know you'll be touched by their bravery and service, and you'll see why these ambulances are so desperately needed.
0: Megin David Adom is actually um, the emergency medical and blood services for the state of Israel that means that we are mandated by the state of Israel to provide first aid services to the entire country now we think that one one uh, of the of the best characteristics of magendavidom is the diversity of the organization that means that within magendavidom you can find jews christians muslims Druze, Bedouins, everyone are working together in order to uh, save lives in the state of Israel. Mm. We are a non-governmental and volunteer-based organization. That means that we uh, operate more than 32,000 volunteers in order to um, be able to reach to anyone in Israel that, uh, that is in need and to do it Task to do it professionally and to do it with the compassion that the people and uh, of Magenda Vidadome are delivering with them.
1: Wow! And now, are you both? Do you work full time or are you volunteers? What do you both do?
2: I am a full time worker, so I'm, I'll tell you a bit about myself. I'm 25 and a paramedic. I've been a paramedic for the last six years. Uh. Most of my activities in the last few years in the organization is that I'm a head instructor for paramedic courses um, all over the country in different types of uh, of uh, groups. I did my paramedic courses as a part of my national service. I did not serve the army from religious regions. So I actually served in Maguinda Vida Dome as a national service as a paramedic for three years. Hmm. So I'm a full-time worker now, yes, and most of my job, I also work on the emergency uh, medical intensive care unit, but uh, I also teach, and I teach the next generations of uh, of our paramedics.
0: Hmm. Adas is actually one of our future of Magenta Vidadom, future generation and future uh, leaders, because we need more paramedics like her to lead the uh, state of Israel for a better future. Hmm. And I myself started up as a teenage volunteer at the age of uh, fifteen. I actually volunteered. I, I, I actually volunteered just outside the city of Nazareth. Um, so I was privileged enough to um, not only be involved in uh, providing care in in uh, Jewish in Jewish uh, uh, towns and and uh, cities, but also the Christians and, and uh, Muslims that live in uh, the city of Nazareth, and I am so, and, I, and I'm also a full time full time employee. Hmm. About ten percent of Magenda Vidadom uh, team members are staff, and the rest ninety percent are uh, volunteers. And I think this is something that puts Magenda Vidadom in the heart of the land of Israel, hmm. because anyone knows somebody who is serving. The people of uh, the state of Israel well, by volunteering or uh, working in Magenda
1: Wow! Well, thank you both. I'm just overwhelmed with your your selfless service and the way that you yeah are serving your country and your your people. But I, I feel like you know all first responders and and paramedics and you know people that run into danger. And so, as a first responder, how do you both live with that tension, you know, being on guard and and protecting? And as you mentioned, you know, everybody serves in some capacity for um, a small time, but how do you live with that tension of being on guard, but then enjoying your life and and your beautiful country?
2: Um, I can tell you about myself that, as I said, I uh, didn't serve in the Army. I did national service, which means I was never taught to be a combat medic, Mm -hmm. and I think everyone in Magandaviradum, the first thing that goes in their mind is uh, the fact that they want to save lives. We always care about our safety and our patient safety and our teammates' safety. Um, but I think in, in the day-to-day, I, I'll tell you about now, because I, I'm a paramedic in Jerusalem region. We're unfortunately not strangers to terror, but we always unite. And I think that that's something that, as uh, Ori said, uh, is very unique for Maganda Vida Dome because the diversity of, of the types of people that we meet. And I'll tell you about the last uh, five weeks, six weeks. Since the beginning of the war, there wasn't one station through the whole country of Maganda Vida Dome. You didn't have war meals, friends who you can talk to and vent, uh, just people who, who took the... The ambulances were out of of uh, of the stations because everyone wanted to be a part. Everyone wants to save lives. People took to their homes voluntarily. Ambulances so they can be um, on response. Um, and I think that our power is, although we know terror, although we're not strangers to, unfortunately, the very difficult times. Uh, we always overcome, and we always make sure to to keep our our love for saving lives the first thing that that is important for us and i 'll tell you about the last month the unity you feel among amongst our teams and in our country is just amazing, so I think always we deal with the most difficult things that humans can, but on the other hand, we know that we have to stay strong so we can do our job mm-hmm. and if we won't, uh, it will be harder. So we just, we keep our health at high and we're united. And we just keep doing our job. When I
0: recall all the times that uh, I've, I've, I myself have been uh, on harm on harm's way, um, I think that at the end of the day, when the Magenta Fetodome people go uh, to help others, as you mentioned, they are selfless. Hmm. And uh, they care. They care for the others. For me, it it was like uh, seeing a tunnel vision. That in the middle of it is somebody that needs my help. And now I'm not seeing or not feeling not the mortar shells that are being uh, shot towards me, not the not the bullets that are uh, flying uh, above my head. I'm focusing on what's most important. Hmm uh in, in some way similar different but uh, but a little bit similar is when i pray at night for the return of the hostages kept in gaza i'm not thinking about anything else i see them coming back home this is what i'm focusing on and i'm not thinking about other implications or or what will uh, go around i see i see only them and so when i go and treat terror victims i see them and i see them uh only And I agree with what Hadass said, that at the end of the day, when an incident, uh, a terror attack is is over and you go back to your station, you feel, you you remember what happened. You understand that you were on harm's way. Nevertheless, you feel safe because you feel among uh, a friend. You feel the feeling that you are within a family, that people understand what you've gone through, that people are there to support you. And those people are your colleagues and, and brothers and sisters from Maganda Vida Dome. Mm. Uh, and this is how we overcome.
1: Mm. Well, thank you. And would you both mind, you know, walking me through what October seventh looked like for you? Because I think for the world, I mean, it changed the world. All of us were horrified watching it, but you—you lived it. You saw it firsthand. So, will will you guys tell me what did that morning look like for you, and and what were you called to do that day?
2: So, as I said, I'm a Jerusalem based paramedic, which means I started my Saturday morning, my Shabbat morning, and. small station, very quiet station uh, in the Jerusalem region. Um, when I started my shift, my shift, we understood that rocket had started, but something else that we've never seen before also uh, started that morning. Uh, and we called. We got a call from our dispatch uh, to go down to Sirot, which is a city in the south of Israel. Now, you would ask yourself, why was a Jerusalem-based paramedic going down south? The reason is because the region that I was working in that morning usually is a place that unfortunately there are terror attacks. We had an armored ambulance. And because we had an armored ambulance, which we only have three of those uh, all over the country, which is the intensive care, the Mont and intensive care unit, uh, which is armored. We only have three of those. So dispatch told us that we're needed down staff they were still shooting, and it wasn't safe for medical teams. So when we got uh, on the way to zero, my driver and I, we tried to prepare ourselves. We tried to to talk about what we were going to encounter, but very quickly, as we heard dispatches going on and on with all the deaths and the, and, and the injured, we understood that we can't prepare ourselves. And usually, uh, on the way to terror attacks, um, we know that, if you're prepared, you're going, to, you're going to, uh, to treat better, and afterwards, like processing everything, will be easier. But we couldn't when we got to the road. Um, there's a long road in the entrance of the road. Usually, takes you about a minute and a half to drive through it on the day to day. But that day just felt like a lifetime because on the side of the road. Hundred, I mean, tens of bodies laid down of civilians, um, all just woke up for their Saturday and holiday morning, uh, all dressed in holiday clothes and just uh, murdered and butchered in the streets the way that they went out of their homes. Very difficult images because we also went through those bodies, unfortunately, because the The city was on lockdown because there were still terrorists around the city. So we're the only ones who could go in because we were armored and we were wearing uh, special armored vests and helmets. But no one could enter the city, not even regular ambulances. Because as we know, unfortunately, also our colleagues, some of them got injured or, or, or lost their lives because they were in their ambulances. So that day, uh, I went through those bodies, unfortunately, around 15 times going in and out of the city and just seeing the life that could have been and small bodies around the playground and and elderly people who woke up to go to a a holiday tour and were murdered in the bus stop. It was just very difficult images. But on that day, I I got to save lives. I, I treated... Uh, around 13 patients that day, and fortunately, all of them survived. Um, if you want me to tell you about um, one of my patients, he was a—he uh, is a uh, a police officer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but in Sderot, the police station was under fire through the whole day. Uh, there were Hamas snipers, terror snipers on the roof, and it was just. Heroic fighting from, from our soldiers. Um, just heroic kids, and I think kids were up am 25, but these 19-year-olds were fighting for their lives and for their friends' lives, and they were putting tourniquets on their arms and, and kept on fighting. And so the police station was under attack, so we couldn't attend. And you have to understand that usually as an EMT or paramedic, the first thing we teach is if you don't have your safety, you don't treat. But this was so different because we knew that if we weren't going to treat, no one would because no one could enter the city. So uh, when we got to the police station, we understood that there was still fire going. Uh, but my driver very heroically told me, "Listen, Hadass, you stay in the ambulance, and I'll I'll bring the patients to you." Um. So I got my ambulance ready. I got blood components ready. I got fluid and IVs and medication. And my driver brings in this uh, young police officer, around 30 years old. Um, afterwards, my understanding is he was shot around three to four hours before we could get to them to him, which is in trauma, meaning it's a death sentence. Um. But I started treating him, and he was very pale, very very weak and he opened his eyes and he held my hand and he asked me if he's gonna live and for a split for a split moment I I let my my emotional guard my emotional shield which protects me I I let it down and and I I knew that I couldn't assure him life and I promised him that I'm gonna do everything in my power to help him and I almost lost him three times along the way and I I got him to stay awake, and I got a message a few weeks back that he survived. But uh, during that day, seeing all those injured and, and seeing the, the heroic fighting of our forces and seeing all our friends uh, saving lives was just truly... I, I was so proud being a paramedic that day, so part of being a part of Dome. Um I did that, that drive so many times because because we were the only ones who could enter the city, we didn't evacuate the patients straight to the hospital. We had a flea of ambulance just waiting for us in a safer location, basic life support and the intensive care units just waiting for us. And the moment that we got there, we transferred our patients and they took them to the hospital. I was there around 15 hours during that day, very difficult images, but fortunately, like I said, I got to save lives. Um, Unfortunately, we lost 11 friends and colleagues. Mm. Um, some of them, while wow, they were saving lives, and uh, as our CEO said very, very powerfully, our paramedics were found their bodies with the gloves still on their hands. Um, which I think is the essence of, of of our colleagues who lost their lives. Because everyone everyone that day just wanted to help and, and treat. But it was very difficult knowing that. I might not go back home that day. But as I already said, we had tunnel vision Hmm. only only a few days after I understood and how much danger I was in. Uh, Hmm. But even if I did know and even if you would ask me today if I would do it again, I would say yes, uh, because this is our job. Hmm. And I'll just tell you that the the police officer survived until we got to him because of a heroic police officer who laid on top of him Hmm. for three hours to apply pressure. Uh, so he won't bleed out. Um, so yes, that was my 7th of October. I really hold on with hope. Some of the patients that I did uh, get the privilege to treat, and I do feel like it's a privilege because I think that if I would have been home that day, I would just want to be there, even though I would know I knew how much difficult it was. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that Hadass' story is, is the story of Magenda Vidadom that day. I would only add that for us, October 7th was a day of miracle. It began with a miracle that um, for no apparent reason, Maganda Vida Dome was in a high alert status that morning. That means that more ambulances Mm. were at homes of our volunteers and paid staff. There was no apparent reason. Maganda Vida Dome was on high alert. The other miracle is the miracle of having Hadass and her colleagues ready in the ambulances. And they they were sent there to save those people's lives. It's nothing less than uh, than a miracle. And the third miracle is that Magenda Vidadum was able to actually recover people, not only from dangerous uh, uh, areas, but also from hospitals. To take them to uh, a remote to remote hospitals, thus allowing new injured to arrive to the hospitals, the uh, to the nearby hospitals and being taken uh, care of. Mm-hmm. October seventh was a day of enormous tragedy on the one hand, and within this tragedy, it was a day of miracles mm-hmm. for many people.
2: Mm-hmm. I like add that although I do hold on to those miracles, I do think that. We, we could do our jobs because we were prepared. Hmm. I didn't feel for a second that day that I was lost. Um, even in the most darkest moments, I knew that I had my colleagues behind me and my organization behind me. And um, as I said, I, I, I treated terror attacks, but never something like this. But I truly felt proud being a part of an organization that was working so hard, but uh, we knew what we were doing. I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about mm-hmm. us as as an organization. And it was just, it was mesmerizing, just just seeing our own, everyone's work, really.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, again, it's, you know, we watch it from a distance, but you lived it. And to hear you even give... Uh, blessing reports, you know, and just see the miracles, and that is what Samaritan's Purse, you know, we are a Christian organization, and as you mentioned, you, you prepare and you train and you plan. Uh, we, we hope for the best, but we prepare for worse situations, and we do. We go into fires. Uh, we don't like to, but but as you mentioned, we see the ways that God, um, and I actually love Psalm 46, says, God is our refuge and strength, a very help in trouble, a very present help in trouble, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling and pride. You know, we see him as a, a refuge and a strength, and as you mentioned, there are always blessings in the the burdens and in the the terror and the trials you know you you saw people come together and that is how we got to know your organization you know Samaritan's Purse we responded immediately got involved with our church partners and and tried to see how we could help and that's how we heard about you we heard about yeah I'm sorry for your eleven uh, members that were killed I'm so sorry I know those are brothers and sisters and and family um, and then you know, multiple ambulances were destroyed and that, you know, broke our hearts because then you couldn't respond after. So we are helping to uh, resupply ambulances and equipment that you lost.
0: It's strengthening our resilience. It makes you feel that you are not alone in Israel. It gives you the understanding that people around the world care for the people of uh, Israel. There are no words to express how grateful we are uh, for this. But let me assure you that not only Hadass and her family, not only me and my, my family, but the entire David Vidadom and the entire state of Israel appreciate um, the support that we get uh, from you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart as well, and from the bottom of all our hearts of the people uh, of Maganda Vidadom. Mm.
1: Well thank you for for sharing stories and and yeah I think we are a small part but you are the ones carrying it out on the ground and and so as you were talking you know I thought you know everybody we do we want to support you financially and help but this this body also prays you know we pray for you and and I think you telling stories allows us to pray more specifically so I guess to close you know Hadass and Ori how would you ask us to pray for you all for for the for your country Israel but also you know your your staff um, and your people?
0: I would ask uh, uh, the people that uh, hear us today to pray to God for Him to give strength to the men and women of Magenda David Adom, to paramedics like Hadass, to have courage to continue and treat other people and to be courageous in what they do and to be selfless as, they, as she did on October 7th. Please, God, bring back all the soldiers of the IDF safely to their home, bring back the men and women, the innocent civilians that are kept hostage by Hamas, bring them home to their families, safe and healthy, and we hope for, and and bring us peace to the land of Israel.
1: Well, thank you. I want to thank you again for for sharing um, your hearts and what you've seen, and again, we are so sorry. I mean, we're all just in tears, but but I'm grateful that you're allowing us to to understand even deeper. Well, thank you. Well, we are praying and we are partnering with you. And um, thank you again for doing the work thank on so the much. ground and loving your people so well. Thank you so much. It was a joy thank to you. talk to you. God bless you. This conversation was heavy, but it opened my eyes to the needs on the ground. There's so much tragedy and heartache, but it's good to see God working in the midst of all of it. As Ori said, they're seeing miracles even in the midst of suffering. Please join us in praying for Israel and let's not forget the innocent civilians in Gaza who are suffering as well. Thank you for listening today and have a great week.